0: Hi this is Stephen Pierce you're listening to Jay Scott on Hook Rock so fuck off
1: What's happening? What's going on? How's everybody doing? Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everybody's staying cool out there, drinking a couple of tall cold ones, but it is hot (laughs) all over, whether it's Chicago. I mean, it is like standstill sweat, like humid here in Chicago. It's hot all over the west side of the country. It's hot on the east side of the country, the east coast, the west coast, north and south. It is hot all over And it sucks, but remember, especially in Chicago and in the Midwest, remember the winters are even worse on the other way around. So stop complaining, just enjoy it. It's summer. The 4th of July holiday is here. Barbecues are going to be had. It's going to be another celebration of not just getting together with people, but also a somewhat, or I should say a return to somewhat normalcy uh, versus last year. Because we were all kind of cooped up and doing nothing last year, but... Welcome back to the show. I'd like to just say once again that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can catch the Hook Rocks old and new episodes every episode on Pantheon Pods. Everywhere you podcast, you can subscribe so you get all the latest and greatest interviews and discussions. I'm joined by Carmen Apice and Vinnie Apice on Pantheon Pods, as well as Martin Popoff, Cobras and Fire. Shout out Loudcast, Mistress Carey out on the East Coast. It's a fun, fun place to look at music podcasts. It's got everything you need in terms of what you want to listen to, what you want to learn about. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Instagram is coming. So when you listen to this, the Instagram page for The Hook Rocks will probably already be here. So check us out. Write us a review wherever you do podcasts. We always appreciate your feedback. Thanks again for the great feedback on the Charlie Starr interview, the Rick Allen interview, the... Episode with Skylabs on the audio dynamics of vinyl and CDs and how to build a modern-day audio system. Everybody liked that. And, of course, Sonny Pooney's episode, the impact of the Bay Area in terms of rock and roll. Like bands like Journey and Sammy Hagar and Metallica and Creedence Clearwater Revival. It's a great episode. If you haven't heard them yet, go back and take a list, listen to them. We have a repeat offender on the Hook Rocks podcast for this episode. She is the host of the Midday KLOS experience and that is Marcy Weiser. you can hear her on uh, on all the radios in Southern California. We'd like to welcome her back. What's going on Marcy? How are you?
2: Hey, hey, I'm doing well. Doing really well. How are you?
1: You know what? Every day above ground is a good day, so I'm not complaining. Um,
3: <laughs> I think
2: you and I have a great appreciation for that.
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um it is, it is a nice thing to, to see people returning back to normal or somewhat back to normal. I'm getting more comfortable not wearing a mask out in certain places. Um, it is, you know, a good time to experience it. It is the summer. Hopefully, we don't ever have a step back. I know there's been some talk here in the media about the Indian variant strain of the virus. Hopefully that doesn't impact us. Hopefully enough people are vaccinated. By the time you know that does reach our country and, and, and impact people and businesses across the country, but nevertheless, it's still a time to celebrate. We got live music, we've got a lot of rock and roll coming out, a lot of album releases, and that's why you're here today. Because last year when you were on, we talked about the state of rock and roll, and it was a little hard to gauge as to what was going to happen because there were so many unknowns. But now, yeah. 2021 albums are coming out at just a record pace, and great albums, nonetheless. Everyone is swinging for the fences. You're there in Kayla in yeah. Southern California. What are you seeing? What you, What do you see in terms of rock and roll, in terms of bringing it back to relevancy?
2: Well, first of all, I want to say I second that because I was at the, the food show at the Candy Club a couple weeks ago, and I can't tell you how good it felt to be out and you know see, just to see this live music and see faces. Nobody was wearing a mask because you had to have your vaccination card. You had to have proof of that, that you were vaccinated to get in, and everybody was just free to rock. And it was it was a beautiful thing, and it feels so so good. Um, yeah, I think rock. I think the state of rock, honestly, I think it's I think it's solid right now. Jay, I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but I think it's it's in a
1: good place. It is in a good place. First off, that's awesome that you're at that. Foo Fighters concert that was like awesome that they did that and you know they didn't like charge an arm and a leg it was like 26 bucks to get in and you were rocking out at the Canyon Club that's an awesome thing for them to do
2: yeah and that was for charity so you know it's like hey I'm happy to do this and now let's get inside and let's rock and yeah it was it was, it was a great what a great night and it <laughs> rolled in a little too late or early should I say but it was uh worth every second
1: I have some mixed emotions on the state of rock and roll right now. I'm okay. very excited about all the music that's coming out because there's so yeah. much great music from new bands and legacy artists. Everyone is just releasing top-notch stuff. Um, you know, one of the albums right now that is really relevant is the Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen album. That-, that
2: that guy is so ridiculously talented. Yeah. I can't even put it into words. He's yeah. amazing.
1: And you know, for him to put this out and have it end up on not just the rock charts, but music charts, like the whole shebang, like number one. That's a big deal for rock music. Yeah. A big deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, rock music has faced a lot of challenges anyway, aside from this pandemic for years. There's been a slump, you know, past twenty years, I'd say a couple decades. Uh, it's it's been pretty pretty rough, but hey, overall rock has brought us some of the most talented of artists and it is the real deal. It's faced its challenges. But I do think I do think there's gonna be a resurgence. I feel it now. That raw, awesome, edgy talent. I think it wins. Not
1: autotune. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been lost for too long. Right. I mean you look at the the Mammoth album, another great album for me so far this year is the Pretty Reckless album. Death mm-hmm. By rock and roll is just a fantastic yeah. album. Um,
2: Taylor's amazing,
1: yeah. You know, you mentioned you know, there's Dirty Honey, there's Greta Van Fleet, there's Blackberry Smoke, Miles Kennedy. There's a lot of new bands out there, too, as well, that are just kicking ass. And
3: Devorah,
2: Devorah, I want to add Devorah and Aaron Jones to that.
1: Aaron, Aaron Jones is just awesome, yeah. He's so great. It's great to see that, right? It's great to see all this great music happening, and it's great to be able mm-hmm. to see live music because a lot of bands are starting to put tour dates out, and that's awesome. Right. I guess, I, and I agree with you, I see the resurgence too. I mean, the beginning of the resurgence is here, right? It'll mm-hmm. be in full swing when you see more albums on not just rock charts but you know, mainstream music charts, and hopefully, the Mammoth album is that gateway, is that door that opens and more bands, you know, walk through it and go through it. Um, it's still, you know, it's still too early, in my opinion, to really assess wh- wh- it, where it's going.
2: I, I do agree with that. I think it, it's early as far as, you know, post pandemic to really know. But um, it feels like, you know, I, I feel like something on this level, a pandemic. I think it's probably inspired artists on a lot of different levels and, and the artists I've, I've talked to and I, I, I feel that it, it's a, it's a different level as far as passion being faced with something like this. You find yourself wondering, will I ever be able to play live again? Will my music matter? Will it cut through, you know? Um, and, and that could be enough to inspire some, some good old fashioned rock and roll grit. And, and not that it hasn't been there from some, but it's, it, it, you know, I think we are really ready for a rock resurgence. And I do feel it from a lot of the the younger people.
1: I would agree with that. I mean, having my son who's 16 telling me about albums, talking to me about music, jamming with his friends on guitar, that's all great. And I love to see it because, and I've said this before on the podcast, nothing, nothing makes rock more popular or, or more accessible or, or the want to hear it when young people, have a lot of angst and a lot of anger inside. Yeah. And what makes a kid more angry than sitting at home for the past year, doing nothing, e-learning, not being around their friends. And, you know, they may have gone into the pandemic, pop music and hip hop fans, but you know, when you're sitting there every day doing the same thing, it's like groundhog day, you need something else. And if they're turning to rock music because it has that edge then yes, then that resurgence will be happening because it's all about the youth. It's all about the young people. So hopefully with the Mammoth album and all this great music happening, that is you know the leader, that is the, the gateway into the resurgence, a full-on resurgence of rock music.
2: Right. Yep. I agree. Yeah. When you
1: talk to artists... You know, you have a platform on your show. You have accessibility to a lot of people. What are their thoughts? You know, what are you hearing in terms of the industry, in terms of music, in terms of live music? Where is everybody, you know, is everybody on the same page or is everybody still kind of feeling it out?
2: (laughs) You know, it depends on who you talk to because you're going to get opinions on on both sides. And, you know, I, I think about what just popped into my head gene simmons over here saying rock is dead and then you've got paul stanley over here saying no stop it gene you you know what are you talking about you know or you know alice cooper saying no gene rock isn't dead you know (laughs) plus you would make a great accountant you know that type of stuff um but and i I, i love them all but you know opinions opinions they're all over the place so uh, but I, but I think that um, you know anyone you talk to in the genre they feel like um, it's it, it's still going and that, I mean they're still because I think I to me when I think of Greta Van Fleet and LA Rats the new supergroup and Aaron Jones and Devora and you know some of these other bands I, I I think that there's enough diversity now the state of rock is stronger than it has been. You know, in in years, and like I said before, I mean, I think we're hearing less auto tune, more raw playing. You get on TikTok, and I don't usually bring this up in my interviews, but you see all of these young kids picking up electric guitars, and and just rocking out with you know Zeppelin or you know just some some crazy rock and roll that just rocks our world. And I love it so much. I think rock is more fun than it has been in a long time. It's not that knuckle dragon
1: rock you know what i mean yeah there was, it was a it was so yeah, dark for a while right yeah yeah and i think that's important too because you know when you are under a, a serious circumstance like a pandemic you know the last thing you want is more darkness the last thing you want is to hear music that you know you want music to pull you out of that right you yeah want, you want that and I, I think it really started when ACDC released their album at the end of 2020 in in November, uh, mm-hmm. Power Up, because that was like a celebration of rock, right? And, and there's no better band to bring that celebration to the fans like ACDC in an ACDC fashion because everybody loved that album. And it's a great, I mean, it's a fantastic album. And Young and right. Old really connected with that. And I think that the, the, the difficult part for rock music is already happening, right? That's already being solved with great music being released. That's the difficult part, right? Everyone is releasing incredible music. Now it's just, will it connect with the youth? And I know, like you mentioned, there's TikTok, there's Instagram. I have a son who's 16, who plays guitar, who I just got an amp, you know, an orange amp head for his, you know, Marshall cabinet. And, yeah. you know, he's jamming out. You must out.
2: be a proud, a proud daddy.
1: I am. My ears are, are suffering, but, um you know, it's like after like three hours, you just go in this room. And you're just like, all right, dude, put the headphones on because I cannot you know, take, they, I can't take it anymore.
2: They say if it's too loud, you're too old, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I'm there. But it's like, it's like, like first hour, I'm like, oh, man, he sounds good. Second hour was like, all right, not bad. Third hour is like, all right, come on. Like yeah. <laughs> I can't even hear myself think, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but he's jamming out. I mean, he likes all the old stuff and the new stuff. I mean, he can listen to the Eagles and Zeppelin and Santana, and then he loves Julius Wolf and he loves Dirty Honey. Yeah. He loves. So all, you know? cool. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, he's turning me on to bands too, as well. You know. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he is you know say, hey, Dad, listen, listen to this. Um, and that's awesome because it keeps my musical taste fresh too, as well. And you know, he was telling me. He's like, yeah, you know, there's like five of us that just want to start jamming. Like there's a drummer and there's like three guitar players and there's a bass player. So, you know, he wants to jam like every day, which is awesome. And that, I never thought that would happen with the youth of today. But you, you are correct. I mean, there's so many young people picking up an instrument. Why do you think that sure. is?
2: Well, I think that, uh, I think music is cyclical. I think that's exactly what it is. You know, genres go through their ups and downs. And like I you know, said, I mean, for about 20 years, I think we went through a time where younger kids weren't growing up on rock. It was hip-hop and rap and pop. But now it really feels like that's coming back around. So there was a time where, you know, kids were wearing Nirvana shirts and probably not knowing, couldn't name one song. But I feel like that is so changing now. They, you, know, cause it can, you know, these these younger people make their mark on social. They're not going to go on social and post something if it's not something they truly feel or feel good about or want it to represent who they are or what they're doing. And they're posting the stuff they're rocking out. It's rock.
1: It also helps too, to get accepted too, you know, like when they're, when they're playing their guitar on, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, the fact that their yeah. friends are enjoying it. And then what that does is it causes their friends to go, ask mom and dad, Hey, you know, I want a guitar or Hey, I want a drum. I want a set of drums, you know? So yeah, it, it, yeah. it is, it's like a, it's almost like a virus. It kind of, it spreads, right. You know, one kid's doing it. Another kid wants to do it. And pretty soon there's a half dozen kids to a dozen kids, you know, wanting to play music. And, you know, my son is 16. He's going to be a junior in high school. He wants to be in a band, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, that's so awesome, you know? Um, So he's, you know, he's excited about all the concerts. But, yeah, I do think it's starting with the youth. The question is about TikTok, and I've asked this before, and any any social media platform, Instagram or Snapchat, because these clips are so short, right, Mm -hmm. and bands are posting, you know, to these platforms, trying to get young people interested in music, is that translating to sales of the music? You know what I mean? Like... Kids' attention yeah. spans are so short these days that you know they'll right. hear a band. Are they going to go from TikTok and like that song, and then go to whatever streaming service they have because you know young kids don't buy albums anymore, and then start playing that song, or look ways to buy the album, or look to see if they can get a shirt with the band? Is, is that is it is that happening? Is there any way to tell that that's happening? Is it too?
2: Early? Yeah. Well. Well, you know, and I can't sit here and give you numbers. Um, what I do know is rock is huge in the streaming world. It's huge right now. It's huge. So I do think it, it does translate. And I, I, I think that, you know, when a song cuts through, they love a song. It, it's That's all that's all that's needed. So it is strong. I mean, rock in the streaming world is strong. And young people do have a lot to do with that.
1: Do you... Do you think that with this interest in young people, um, it's enough for rock, your new rock, to be sustainable two, three, four, five years from now?
2: 100%. I think it's only, it's we're we're just starting to feel that resurgence. I think it's going to get better and better.
1: Yeah, and I think too, you know, with these bands that are coming out, these are the younger generations bands, right? They're not our bands, right? Because I think, mm-hmm. I think when, you know, we were, we were complaining five, six years ago, even three years ago, you know, it was like, how come these, you know, how come these uh kids aren't listening to this great music? And it's because it's mom and dad's music, right? They don't want mom and dad's yeah. music. And now that there is bands, like we mentioned, you know, mammoth and, and, uh, You know, bands like Dorothy and Pretty Reckless and Dirty Honey and Greta Van Fleet, those are this generation's band. It's giving this generation an identity.
2: Yeah. And, you know, your son is my daughter's age. And to to see her, because she was all about hip-hop and pop and, you know, and that only. And so for a while, up until she was maybe, I think maybe around the age of 14, she started to discover these rock songs on her own and some of these more classic, well-known rock songs too. And it was just kind of fun to see that because she would, you know, we heard foreigner on the radio. Mom, is this a new song? (laughs) Nope. It's not a new song, but you just see her light up and she loves jukebox hero. One of her favorite songs. She's got her rock playlist put together and this is her, this is her own discovery. I mean, she knows, I mean, I'm mom, so it's, you know, I'm not cool, but she's just, she's, discovering this on her own. She knows what I listen to. She knows what I like, but this is all her. So I I love seeing that. I think it's so cool.
1: When my son says to me, dad, you know what the best thing is, is when you introduce your friend to a band and then they start telling other people about that band. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it used to be done. Like before the, the invention of the internet, before the journey into, you know, pulling everything up by your fingertips and, whatever you know you do now that's how you yeah. discovered bands was through your friends you know they would tell you about a band that they heard on the radio or a video they saw and they would make a tape for you and then you'd check it out and then you'd go buy the tape yourself that's that's like old school stuff
2: yep when yeah you, that's
1: it when you see these older bands I and mean, we we talked about the Foo fighters you know just doing the show at the canyon club they had a new album come out earlier this year Great, great album um, when you get a chance to talk to them, are they excited about the younger bands that are coming up
2: Yeah yeah I think so I mean look at look at Dave too um you know he's he's got his daughter now singing back up with him and they also duet together and that's really cool to see and she's a very talented girl so I mean I know he's behind it 100 percent. Um, and I think that uh, everybody's feeling pretty positive about it.
1: Yeah, they always do a great job as well of, of bringing new bands out on the road. I mean, they've got—I think Radkey is the band that's going to be opening up on their tour. Um, they've brought the Struts out before. Um, I know there's bands that I can't think of that they've brought up, but they've done a great job of really introducing, supporting. yeah, introducing yep, their yep. audiences to new bands. And I wish a lot more bands would do that. And maybe. Because of the the rise in popularity again, maybe more bands will start doing that. Nothing is more frustrating for me when I see a legacy band tour with another legacy artist, and it's like, oh, come on, bring a new band out. Yeah, you know,
2: yeah, it's so cool. I think you know that's one thing about the Foo Fighters—they're always really supportive, and even if it's just a somebody in the audience, as you know, they'll bring somebody up and let them let them go. And it's, I mean, that's they're they're so cool for that. They're so. I love the Foo Fighters I could go well the Foo
1: Fighters to (laughs) me are that band that is going to be that bridge from those classic rock bands to the new bands right because bands from that era you know outside of maybe Pearl Jam which was a little before them but kind of still in the same decade when they started I mean obviously Soundgarden is you know not going to tour because the death of Chris Cornell can be said with Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains and Nirvana, those bands.
2: Yeah, but you know, are, you know what? That's another, uh, you know, Chris Cornell's daughter, Tony. Yeah. She's got a great voice, and she's working on her music career, it seems. So that's another, you know, another <laughs> child rocker that has uh, a lot of potential there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, but, like, I think Foo Fighters, though, is that band that's, you know, that people my age, our age, like, and then also younger people like too as well. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's a little different. You know, I, you know, young people may like Aerosmith and they may like ACDC, but but Foo Fighters is kind of more in their lane, right? It's kind of you yeah. know, it's it's still contemporary. It's still not that mom and dad classic rock sound that those bands mm-hmm. have. Um, and I think they really they realize. I think they realize how important. They are. I mean, it's not like they're egotistical about it. It's not like they have giant egos about it, but they, no. but when they take young bands out, that tells me that they understand their role right now. And I think that's huge. Yep.
2: I, I think it's huge too. I love what they're doing. And they're one of those bands that they're so familiar, yet they're able to put out a new album and we gravitate towards it. Whereas some of these, you know, classic rock bands do that and it's just kind of like, oh, not the same, or you know, whatever. But uh, nowadays, they, they're still relevant, 100, obviously, and they have a lot of a lot of power in the rock world,
1: for sure. I, I still like how they even. I mean, a band like Foo Fighters can pretty much mail it in. You know, I mean, yeah. when we talk about mailing it in, say what you want, but a band like Bon Jovi, for instance, right? Bon Jovi's released the same album the last six albums. And, you know, you know, they have a formula, they know it's going to sell, they know they're going to tour, they know there's going to be a lot of people, you know, watching them play, they're going to play the stadiums, but they haven't really done anything that's like different. Whereas even on their last album, Foo Fighters is still looking for that edge. They're still looking for something different to keep them interested because they have to stay interested.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, that, you know, they're obviously succeeding. If I go see Bon Jovi, I'm not going for the new stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do know if I go see Foo Fighters, I'm going to be really excited to hear the new stuff. Yeah. Because it's great.
1: Yeah. It's it's important for them to to have that and to keep creating and keep trying to expand, you know, their style and, and look at different styles. I mean, um, I think it's what, Chasing Birds is this, is the name of the song on... The latest Foo Fighters album about... Medicine at Midnight,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a total like Beatles-style influence song that's really different than what they've done, and it's great. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, w- when you look at the Mammoth album and you know the success that it's having, it's a phenomenal record. It's so well-produced. It's so well-done, but when you look at the album and you see the connection it's having with audiences across all demographic, why do you think that is? Why, why do you think that it it's, has this ability to really be, be popular across generations?
2: Well, I think uh, first it's because Wolfgang is so talented. I mean, I'm just going to talk about his talent alone. Now, are people going to give it a listen because he's Eddie's son? Yeah, probably. But if people are, you know, and this drives Wolfgang crazy all day long. You know, if people are expecting a Van Halen album, that's not what they're going to get. But he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to listen to that. He is so talented. He brings it all. He's a one-man band. You hear it? It's undeniable. It's undeniable. You can't listen to that and think it sucks. You can pretend and say, oh, it's not Van Halen. It sucks. But there's a lot of trolls and there's a lot of haters online. But I think uh, you know he's undeniable. He he is so talented, and and he's younger, so he's bringing in the younger generation. And sure, he is Eddie's son, so maybe that's what gives maybe someone who's older a reason to listen. Maybe maybe not. But when you hear hear his talent, when you hear his his, his songs, it's undeniable.
1: And I really like how the album kind of you know, acts as as almost like a diary for him, too. I mean, if you really read the lyrics, yeah. you know, he yeah. really opens himself up, you know, for people to kind of peek inside to what he's thinking and to what he was dealing with. You know, I mean, the album took, you know, a while for it to, to make it. And then, you know, obviously, because of Eddie's health, he sat on it for a bit until that was, you know, until that was concluded um, but it, it really does, you know, sonically it works, musically it works. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did a review on the site for the album and I basically said, if you're looking for this to be an extension of Van Halen, you're going to be disappointed because there's very little Van Halen on this album. You know, maybe, maybe there's an approach to a note and how he attacks the guitar and a certain, you know, yeah. Place in the song, but really, it has it's it's so different than Van Halen. But I think you're right and correct in saying that it still piqued the interest for Van Halen fans to listen because they wanted to hear it. And you can't deny how good it is. I mean, you really can't. Um, no, you can't. It's just a f- it's so it's. I told my son, this is the album of your generation.
2: Yeah, and and it's unfair to to expect him to sound like Van Halen. Why would you, he doesn't want to sound like Van Halen. He is a very talented guy in his own right. And, and he's sharing his truth, you know, his, his, his skill, his music with us. And it's, it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing. I you know, he's, I just think he's one of the most talented guys. He's just really, really great.
1: Yeah. And I think he has, a, you know, a great connection to his fans that are on his social media. He is very active on his social media, which is, very yes. yeah, which is great. Um, you know, and you can't help but root for the kid too. I mean, I, I say kid, he's 30 years old, but
2: that's so uh, funny. You know what? I, I, I called, I said that to him the first time I, I spoke with him. I, I said, you're such a Talented kid, and he's like, can you play something around me? <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just because you know you watch him grow up, and yeah. you know yeah. one of those things. But he's amazing.
1: Yeah, and you know when I when I first listened to the album, it was like there isn't any filler. There isn't any like song that is weak. I mean, every I mean, and and he's a hell of a drummer. Like he's a hell of a musician, yeah. but his drumming oh, is yeah. like next level. Yep,
2: yeah, he's so great. I agree. Yeah, he can he can take it all, all on any instrument. Give it to him. Give him a flute. He could probably rock
1: it. Well, there is that story. I don't know if you ever heard. Um, it's in the book Van Halen Rising, and his father Eddie was doing like a West Coast gig or West Coast tour with Y and T um, before or right when they the album came out or before they really kind of you know you know were, were, became huge. And they were across the street from a hotel one time and they, it was him and Dave Menachetti and some guy was playing the saxophone and you know, the guy's like, you know, and he's like, can I play your sax? And Eddie went to go get, you know, his like mouthpiece or whatever they call it and put it in. And, and Dave's like, how, why does Eddie have a mouthpiece for a saxophone? You know, but he just had it yeah. on him, you know, and he, and he started playing the sax and he, and he, and he sounded like he had been playing the sax for like, you know, 15, 20 years, you know? And, Mac- you know, Manichetti's like, who the fuck is this kid? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, who is this crazy. guy? You know, so hope- yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, you know, I mean, Wolfie has that gene where, yeah. you know, he can play anything and, and sound awesome doing it. And you can't help but root for him, too, as well, because he's got such a nice disposition. He's got such a great personality. Um, and, you know, you just want him to succeed. You really do
2: definitely do yeah people take things too seriously on social i know that he's you know that's been an ongoing thing and you just know his he, he's, he's very sarcastic yeah and that's his humor and which is part of what i you know i love the way he handles things and but you know i think with time that's going to get easier as far as the trolls and wanting to compare him in an angry mean way to Van halen i think that's going to he'll overcome that no you know no problem because he's got the talent for longevity
1: did you say that the trolls will eventually go away? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they will never go away. They'll never go away. The trolls will never go away. <laughs> but he'll he'll be fine. His career is going to be fine. He's he's good.
3: Yeah.
1: What other bands? I mean, we've talked about Mammoth and we talked about the Pretty Reckless album. What other bands for you are really, you know, lying there under the surface and really ready to to take charge?
2: Uh, I love, I love Volbeat. They are such a tight band. I know they're not, they're not new, um, but they're such a tight band. I'm a huge fan. Supportive. Devorah is a, um, she's a female rock artist here in California. Nobody knows her. Not yet. Um, but She's amazing behind her hundred percent. There's a, there's a band called Flush. They're very young, all female bands. And I think they're all under the age of 19 or something. Um, but um, I, they've got a, a solid thing going. Dirty Honey is one of my favorites, and they're going to be touring with Black Crows. Um, really looking forward to that. There's so many great live shows coming. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, Plush is really exciting. I mean, they've got you know it's, it's four uh, four females, four young artists uh, in the band yep. that are all incredible at their instrument. You know, drumming. Mariah's got a great voice. Um, the whole band yep. is tight. Got a lot of great energy. Um, you know, they're, and they really do have a lot of backing, you know, and support from bands like Evanescence and Hailstorm, bands that have really taken them under their wing. And, you know, I know Lizzie has promoted them a lot on social media and, you know, not to say that she is the reason for their success, but she has shined a spotlight on them, sure, which is yeah. really cool to kind of, you know, hand that down to them and pass that down, you know, because that really what is what determines a lot of times what happens with these young bands, if there's, you know, someone like Lizzie Hale or someone like Amy Lee really supporting them and, you know, trying to help them, that's that's a huge thing. That's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it's nice to have a hand up.
1: Yeah. And I think they're actually going to be doing some dates with them, too, um, coming up. I know they're they, I think they've got like a handful of bands they're touring with. Evanescence and in, in, uh, Hailstorm and I think certain nights that they'll, you know, one band will play or another band, but that's exciting opportunity for them, especially the fact that they don't even have an album out yet. I mean, basically the success, yep. you know, is a lot in, in large part is due because of satellite radio, um, Sirius XM really, you know, promoting them. Um, I think it's. I don't know if it's Boneyard or or, high, or Octane. I think it's Octane that's it's really been probably
2: playing. Octane. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, you know, so they've been really having success on their on that one song, which I you know. I hope they're able to follow that up with a lot more awesome music.
2: Yeah, and I think they will. I think they're they're well on their way. They're solid. They're growing, and it just it's you know it can only get better. And they're 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 cool girls. They've got the. You know, there's a little bit. You got know, to have the the swagger and the you know the image, and they're they're cool, and it's just cool to see some rocking chicks. Got to be honest.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's another thing too. I mean, I know you, you, we should always look at any artist as being equal to another, right? You know, I mean, I know there's you know people who like distinguish women in rock. I don't know if the if the, if the women that are being highlighted really like that. They want to be just rock stars, right? They want to be thought of as, as as rock artists. Um but it is you can't deny that women really have have now have a presence in hard rock, whereas, you know, they've always had kind of that, that tiny slice here and there. There were a few bands. But you know, we mentioned plush, we mentioned we mentioned Evanescence. We mentioned Hailstorm. I mean there's mm-hmm. there's uh Dorothy.
2: What are these boys. Yeah, Dorothy's great. Yep. Yeah,
1: and um, I mean, there's that band from Sweden, Thunder Mother, which is a great band yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um yeah. there's so many. There's so many out there. There's another uh, great band from the from Canada called The Damn Truth, which is a really good band. And, the Damn Truth. Yeah, they're re- they're I'll awesome. Check them out. They're awesome. Okay. And then there's another new new band from the UK coming out called The Hot Damn. So, um, and then, you know, like we mentioned pretty reckless, which is, you know, in my opinion, one of the, also one of the top albums this year, it is, you know, if, if, if if what rock is becoming, it's becoming the age of woman, of, of the woman in rock, in rock and roll. I mean, we've always had heart and all these names, but now is really the time.
2: Yeah, I agree. And Hey, this, you know, it's always been, um, it's been interesting. You know, I was talking to Lita live forward about this and being a woman in the rock scene. And, and, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was just, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're finding your place and, uh, you know, you, you need to be taken seriously, not because of your tits, but because of your skill and your talent. And I know Lita, you know, she she faced some of that. No, I mean, it, of course, I mean, all, all artists, female artists, I think have it some you know, to some extent, but, uh, and I think we're in a. I think we're in a different uh, phase here, so it feels good. And you know, you're you're looking at at talent and skill, and you're. I mean, the whole. I think the whole hashtag me too <laughs> has kind of, you know, ch- changed that maybe to some extent.
1: I I do agree. I do think that you know when Lita was around and some of those artists back in the 80s. You know, they, they were, they, there had to be that element of sexiness, you know, in yeah. their music, because that's what would attract the male listeners. And, you know, that was, I, I think there is still some of that that still exists, but I think now the music is so good. You know, like when I, when I think of the Pretty Reckless album, and I first heard that album, I was amazed because the album is about grief. It's about Losing their manager who was very close with them and also Chris mm-hmm. Cornell you know and
2: motorcycle motorcycle accident yeah, yeah right before Chris
1: yeah and to make that album about grief and not just make it you know just a, a blanket album about grief but just to have each song connect to itself and be about the stages of grief right like you first you have yep. the you know you deny it and you and you you fight it and you don't want to accept it. And it goes all the way to the healing, or not maybe just the healing, but the the acceptance and and knowing that you have to heal. It's such a beautiful record it really is yeah
2: yeah yeah it's it's uh it's very real, and you have to be able to open up and like you said about Wolfgang too, you know, it's, it's you have to be willing to put that out there and you have to be less formulaic and and that's I think where you really connect with
1: listeners yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, with Lizzie Hale, she's always been able to do that with her audience, and Amy Lee, and I just think that yeah. you know that perspective of a woman, right, and and how they view things and think about things, it it, it really does serve the music. It really does serve the topic, mm-hmm. you know, of, of of that perspective, right, and and yep. I, I really think that's unique, and and when you're when you're looking at rock music now, and you're looking to connect with young people. And let's face it, right? Rock will be back on 100% relevancy when young girls start listening to rock music, right? I mean, isn't that always the case? When the young girls start going to the concerts and start buying the music and start buying the merchandise, that's when all the money of these record labels and all these management companies start focusing on that demographic once again for rock music. Yeah,
2: well, all, all about the money, yeah.
1: Well, I I think back of when I, when I, when I grew up, right. I mean, it's all about the money, but like, you know, all the, all the dudes were listening to rock music, you know, and then all of a sudden Bon Jovi broke and Def Leppard broke. And then the girls started wearing the Bon Jovi t-shirts and the Def Leppard t-shirts. And then it went like to a whole nother level of popularity. And I think that is something to be said that because, you know, the female audience is typically the most loyal audience, in terms of once they're a fan of somebody, they they stay a fan. I mean, just look at the crowds of, of of Bon Jovi, right? I mean, all those all those young girls who were in junior high and high school now go see them on these stadium tours, right? And they see them every time. Whereas I think you know guys are kind of more they're loyal, but it's just a different it's a different viewpoint. I mean,
2: different things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah,
1: you know. So I think you know, I told that to my son when when girls in your class start wearing Greta Van Fleet shirts and Dirty Honey shirts or whatever, whatever band rock and roll is back a hundred percent, you know?
2: Yeah. And we need, we need the dudes to pick up the pretty reckless t-shirts and buy the, yes. you know, the Hailstorm t-shirts and the plush t-shirts. And, you know, I mean, that's, it, it, it goes both ways. And I think that, you know, that's, that's where it's awesome. I mean, Hey, if Harry Styles can wear lace and pearls, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. well, I mean, that's, you know, but you got, you got to support, if
1: you love a band, support. My my son is, you know, he's the one that, that, you know, showed me the damn truth, which is that Canadian band fronted by a female singer. And, you know, he comes in the car. He's like, Dad, you got to hear this. You got to hear this, this band. And I put it on. He's like, doesn't she have just an incredible voice? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes, she does. I mean, like, you know, absolutely. And he loves the Pretty Reckless. And he loves, you know, these, these, you know, he loves Plush, too, as well. So yeah, I mean it's it's you know I know sometimes you know, young young boys especially they're kind of like oh it's a girl girls are gross blah 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 I don't think that's the <laughs> case at all you know I mean they're they're really embracing it too
2: yeah yeah I think so I mean I can feel that I see that you know what else I think is cool um I don't want to derail us here but um I was I was just thinking about the new Metallica album and the Blacklist album. Have you seen these tracks, the artists that are covering Metallica?
1: I, I do know, who did I do, who did I read that, that was covering Metallica? Um,
2: there are so many, so many. So they basically said here, you know, whatever song of ours you want to cover, do it. And it's all going for charity. So, you know, you got Miley, Darius Rucker and My Morning Jacket and some of these, Cage the Elephant is another one. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think it's so cool. And a lot of them, I mean, this is, you know, the Black Album. They're celebrating 30. That's why they're doing this. But a lot of these artists, the album's older older than the
3: artists.
1: You know, it's it's funny whenever I interview an artist, a young artist, a young band versus a legacy artist. You know, usually when you interview someone like Carmen piece or, you know, yeah, yeah. someone from that generation, they'll say Beatles Ed Sullivan. Right, and then you know you you interview someone who was popular, you know, in the '80s or the '90s, and they'll say Zeppelin, they'll say, you know, um, Black Sabbath. But the, a lot of the young newer bands, it's pretty consistent. It's Guns and Roses, it's Metallica, and they and they and they mention the Black Album, right? The Black Album was a huge influence yeah. for them. And yeah, and
2: one I, of the album of the past few decades.
1: Yeah, and when you talk to the hardcore Metallica fans, a lot of them want nothing to do with that album because they're old and grumpy, and they, you know, they want their master yeah. puppets and ride the lightning, which is fine, right? Yeah, that's, that's that's cool. Yeah. But you know, it's in, it's interesting when you hear a young artist talk about what influenced them, and they mention that album, and you know, whether you want to deny the significance of that album. Or, you know whatever you want to do with it you can't deny that it's been so influential for a lot of these young rock stars a lot of these young rock guitarists and and bands that are playing it's appetite it's nirvana it's it's the black album it's you know alice and change jar of flies it's Soundgarden, you know bad motor finger you know so, you know yeah. it's, it's yeah. all that stuff um and you know you have to give that credit i know there's still people that won't listen to anything past 1992. Um, yeah. And it's a shame because I, I, I don't really consider that era of music in the nineties, the grunge era. I just, it's, it's part of rock history. It's rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you're, you're thinking later, later nineties,
1: later nineties. Yeah. 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 You know? I agree. Yeah. And, and you know, when these young artists like Miley or whoever these bands are that are covering Metallica, you know they had parents that grew up on Appetite in in the Black Album and all that. And what better way? And Metallica's smart. What better way to stay relevant yep. to, than yep. than to have these young artists cover your music?
2: That that is exactly that's exactly what I think too. You know, you got Miley who's younger and she's gonna uh, she's gonna appeal to the younger audience. Even Post Malone, even you know he's not on this. I don't think he makes an appearance on this Blacklist album, but but he's a rock lover. I mean, he's on, he's with Ozzy, you know, he's probably on this, I don't know if he's making an appearance on this next album that's coming out, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that this, this is very smart, very smart of these artists. Doing, you know, doing this.
1: Because again, as we've stated before, it's all about the youth, you know, it's all about yep. what's happening. We got to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Because, because that really is the, the seed that keeps feeding or, or, or the, you know the audience that will keep feeding rock and roll for the next twenty, thirty years. You know when when this generation yeah. is in their forties and fifties, they're going to be spending money, and they're going to be you know going to rock concerts and spending two, three hundred dollars on tickets or whatever the price is going to be years from now. But you know you have to have that connection. Or once these bands start leaving us, you know there's no there's nothing to backfill after this, right? I mean. I can't imagine 10 years from now, AC/DC still touring, Metallica still touring, Maiden still touring. I, I just can't see that happening any, in 10 years from now. So these young yeah, I mean, bands, age, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got, you've got you got you know Brad of, of Aerosmith saying, I don't know if we'll ever play live again. He's saying that. They're having visa issues. And he also said in an interview recently, he said, you know, age is a real thing. It's a factor. And so, you know, th- those are issues. Their music's going to live on, no question. But, yeah. We we've got to keep it going, and that this is how. This is how.
1: Did you see the interview with Bruce Dickinson yesterday on Sky News?
2: I did not.
1: So Bruce Dickinson was a huge proponent, or not? Yeah, he 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 was he was big on on Brexit, right? He was in full support Uh of Brexit. Well, now that Brexit has been fully enacted, none of these bands can get visas to play in Europe. Yeah. (laughs) and, you know, he's on Sky News, and he's like, well, I didn't know it was going to be like this, and everyone's like, everybody (laughs) told you it was going to be like this. this is a problem. (laughs) It's like we were telling you that this was going to be an issue. You're not going to be able to freely go from the U.K. into Europe and back Uh,
2: like you've been doing
1: for the last 20-plus years, you know?
2: what a pain in the ass for these bands. I think that that's a, yeah, this is going to be a, this is a big problem.
1: It is. It's killing the bands, yeah. especially new bands in the UK, yep. you know, because they, yep. they can only, they're only limited to playing. It's hard for them to get a visa. Hopefully, you know, I don't know how the government system works in the UK, but hopefully people become, come to their senses and realize yeah. that they got to fix this. And there's also going to be other problems too. I can't imagine that, musicians with you know are, are the only ones having problems with visas but again this is right. what happens when you don't understand what you're voting for and <laughs> you know like 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 <laughs> you, you really need to understand when it comes to how your country functions in the future yeah. and in your generation you really need to understand that before you cast a vote for or against
2: all, it. And, <laughs> and we're talking all the facets because sometimes you just you, you're so focused and narrowed in on one little thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to vote for this because of this. Yeah. Well, wait, how is that going to affect this? And how's that going to affect that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's not the pandemic that's causing the issue. It's this.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Cause I talk to a lot of young UK bands out there and they don't know what they're going to do. You know, it may, it may, yeah. it may end up killing the industry, which is really sad because there's, no, a, yeah. there's a whole bunch of great young bands in the UK and in Europe, but in the UK especially. And, you know, I just shake my head like this, this could have all been avoided like this. It's like they're doing it to themselves. And and that is, I don't know, maybe that's the way the world works now. It's been going like that now for past half dozen years where it seems like we're inflicting our own pain on ourselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very true.
1: You know, like, you know, you can't just keep punching yourself in the face without realizing that it it doesn't feel good. So, you know, but, you know, getting yeah. back, you know, getting back to, to rock music, though, and, 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 you know, the current state of it, um, I do think that we are on the, on the brink of a full-on resurgence. Um, I do think that the pillars have all been put in place for it to move forward as such, as a resurgence. Um, the difficult part of, you know, bands making great music is happening, right? I mean, it's not like there's a lack of good music good rock music. It's like every week there's a great album that comes out. Yeah. Um touring's going to start happening again. Yeah. I think, you know, and I think the connection with the youth is where the future really lies and so far it seems to be connecting, but I don't know if we're going to really know this for like another year, year and a half to really how to really see the impact of it.
2: Yeah, but I think you know as a general blanket statement here, music will survive any pandemic. I mean, unless we're completely wiped from the earth. Um, But you know, what's really changed is we have some really unique artists and bands that are emerging and developing their own sound. You know, Greta Van Fleet doesn't sound anything like Aaron Jones and Devorah doesn't sound anything like dirty honey. And, and it's cool. You got Royal blood and all these, and, and we have a younger generation embracing rock and rock is fun again. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I, I feel like that's a big key, and yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's in the best place it's been in in years, couple decades.
1: It really is, you know. And like you said, that's you know, great point. Music always survives through anything, and yeah. you know, the great thing about rock music is the lyrics are so important and have you know the ability to connect with you in whatever way you want it to connect with you. You know, if you yeah. if you are feeling that angst, if you are having that anger or sadness or happiness and joy, you will find music that reflects that. And yeah. you know, I mean that's important. And I don't know if there's another genre that really that really harnesses that that emotion or those several different emotions.
2: Yeah. And that's why it's so important to open up and and be so real. You have to be real in your music. You have to be real. Otherwise you're not going to connect with people. And there's, you know, um, there's rock artists that don't, if you're just going to put, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to sing about sex and drugs and, and that's all you got and you're going to put a formula to it, that's not going to work all day long, every time, maybe once in a while, but you've got to be real. You've got to be able to put things out there and, and, and people feel it, you know, you know, if somebody's being real or not. And, and, it will connect.
1: Yeah. I think that connection part, and I think the younger generation especially is really into that connection. And, you know, I I think when you have such a diverse selection of music, like you mentioned, right? Like you mentioned all these bands that are different, all these bands that are having a different point of view. And also like we talked about, you know, women really being influential now too, and really, having that connection mm-hmm. with, with young girls again, you know, in terms of what they're speaking about and speaking to them, you know, because sometimes in years past and decades past, I don't know if there was so many female artists that had the ability to connect with a young girl like an artist may connect with my son who's 16. So that's mm-hmm. important too. And that's a huge thing. And that's an element that has been there, but not as much as it is now. And I think that's really big. And I think that's really huge.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, it, I agree. I'm excited. I'm excited for the the future of rock and roll, and it's nice to feel that momentum picking up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous how many great albums have come out this year alone. Like, I was just mm-hmm. reflecting on you know the last six months, and there's like so many great albums. There's probably about eight to ten elite albums right now. But even the great ones, you know, I mean, they may mean they're not a leap. I consider them a leap, but they're great nonetheless. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just so. And, the, and then the young artist, I mean, I had a, you know, before we got on here, you know, in this interview, we were talking about me seeing Joyous Wolf last week and they did all new music except for a, a couple of songs and their new music sounds great. And that's another young yeah. band that's really, it's really going to be, you know, things are great things are going to be happening for that band.
3: Yeah.
2: Nick Nick has, he's got a great presence. He has an amazing voice. Joyce Wolf. I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah. And Blake is an amazing guitar player.
2: Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know, there's another band South of Eden that's coming out soon. Um, you know, they're out of Columbus, which I think there's big things for them. There's so much great stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, if it's great, which we all agree it is, it will find an audience and it will have an I- audience. So agree. You know. What else you got coming up, like in the future here? Like what do you got going on?
2: Oh gosh. That is a loaded question. Well, we're going into a holiday weekend, so can I just say I'm exhausted? (laughs) 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 I am uh everything is great. I'm gonna head to Palm Springs for a few days and refuel and got some great interviews coming up. I've got John Five joining me on Thursday. He's gonna come into the studio and I said, Hey, you better bring your guitar. I else I'm going to hand you a stapler because I know you can play that too. That's he can awesome. play whatever. He can play. He can play anything. That, that guy. He's amazing. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's Thursday. And then I am going to completely disconnect for a few days for some much needed vitamin D awesome. and a little break. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I think, yeah, we, I think we all need that, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, 100%. Because you know? I mean, even just going out and about, everybody still seems kind of tense.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, and people still have strong opinions, you know, there's, when I was at the food, food show, there were a lot of anti-vaxxers there protesting. And to me, I feel like, hey, you know, this is their house right now. This is their time. This is their show. They have a right to do that. And so, you know, that's, that's, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be vaccinated anyway. There's a lot of conspiracy theories and I'm not going to, I don't want to get into that, but I just hope that, um, you know, we we have enough herd immunity to, and by the way, I just heard that Pfizer and Moderna, I think that uh, they're saying now that uh, there won't be any boosters needed. So that's good
1: news. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I know I, I read where we're about two months away from being, you know, fully engrossed in the Indian variant and
2: yeah, you know, the that, uh, Delta.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a little bit of a concern, obviously, hopefully, there's enough of us that are vaccinated where, you know, we don't, um, you know, we don't have what what happened last year. I mean, I mean, to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I mean, let's keep our fingers crossed. I know, you know, everybody has their opinion and and everyone has a strong opinion, but you know, let science as my doctor told me, you have more of a risk of getting COVID and having something happen to you versus less of a risk of getting the vaccine. There's always a risk with any vaccine, but the risk is more if you don't get it.
2: Right. And that's, that's that's right. And I know the concern is, Hey, this is, it was, it was pushed through uh, for an emergency. There's no long-term testing and that kind of thing. And I understand those concerns. I definitely do. But during, in, in a situation like this, you have got to get a handle on it because it could have
1: gotten a lot worse. Well, you know, even with vaccines, right? I mean, just like technology has improved televisions and cars and all this other stuff, you know, technology is not the same as it was years ago with vaccines. So vaccines can be produced quicker. And, you know, there's ways to, you know, to to study things a lot faster and to see the effects a lot faster. So just like anything, technology does improve it.
2: Yeah, they've got their DNA database and they've got these sequences and they know they know how to how to vaccinate, basically. So, yeah, I mean, you got you got to trust doctors everywhere are, are getting the vaccine. I don't think they would do that if, <laughs> if there was a big problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we don't have a huge, you know, step back and hopefully we keep moving forward. But Marcy, it's been a blast. Yeah.
2: Yeah, good talking to you again.
1: It was, it was. Thank you for doing this and I always appreciate it and you're always welcome anytime on the show.
2: Awesome. Well, I'm here. You know where to find me and happy, happy to join you.
1: Everybody, that's Marcy Weiser, midday host at KLOS in Southern California. Always great interviews, always playing some new great rock music. Huge fan. You can also, I think, stream her as well. You can do that, right? You can go on KLOS.com and stream the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, 955klos.com. Definitely.
1: Awesome. Everybody, I'm Jay Scott. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us wherever you podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Always appreciate it. Take care. And we will talk to
0: you next
3: the sea. Hey, that's painful.